We only want the best for our flocks, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Grebly Farms Greblies, an all-natural snack that provides the nutrients and minerals for happier, healthier chickens. Grublies are safely and sustainably harvested in the United States at FDA-approved grub farms to ensure the highest level of food safety and quality for our feathered families. When you spoil your flock with Grublies, you're providing a safe and sustainable protein that's as healthy for the environment as it is for your chickens. Grubly Farms Grubs recycle food waste into organic compost. How awesome is that? I love it. So head on over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am having a lovely cup of coffee. More coffee! Yay! I always need more coffee. Yes. (laughs) What are you drinking over there? So I am drinking another fun thing that I've gotten from my Misfits Market Box. It's a sparkling herbal tonic Mm. uh, called Sunwick Immunity Berry. And it's got a sparkling filtered water, maple syrup, lemon juice, goji berry, hibiscus, elderberry, ginger, cinnamon, and pink salt. And like almost all of it's organic in there. So that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's a nice little treat. Hmm. Our drink peep this episode is our friend Natalie Quist, and she is at Cloud Lover Fiber over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So I have a bit of follow-up that brings us to our episode topic for today. Oh. And the title of the follow-up can read, Fancy's Great Escape, the epilogue, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in case you guys missed it, we recently put in an electric fence along the exterior fence line. But not the fence lines that are shared with the goat pastures. And, like, I was leaning towards pushing to do the whole thing. But Matt was like, yeah, right. Like, she's not going to jump into the goat pasture. It'll be fine. But we'll, if she does, we'll, we'll finish the top line. And it took maybe, like, four days <laughs> for mm. her to do it. <laughs> so this was last, it was a Tuesday. Um, you know, everybody was getting slammed with snow that week. And uh, I think she just gets a little frisky when it's snowing sometimes because she was like running around and being crazy. And this was like right after I fed her and I had a meeting at eight. It got done kind of early. So I looked out the window and she's like running around and I texted Matt. I said, this bitch better not jump the fence. Like, and when I say this bitch, I mean it like in a loving way. Yes. You you mean that you love this bitch very, very much. Exactly. And he goes, it'll be fine. Like, just make sure she's got enough hay in there. And I gave her, like, a ton of hay that morning. Like, in her shed and just, like, out outside and where I usually, like, throw it over the fence. So she had options. So I'm watching her after, <laughs> after he sends me that. No joke. Like, 
she jumps over into the buck pasture. Like, there is nothing wrong with that part of the fence. Oh, my gosh. She just jumps right over it. And it's just amazing. She looked so athletic when she was doing it. <laughs> and it was, like, 825. I had an 830 meeting. But I was like, well, you know what? At least she's, like, contained in the buck pasture, which which isn't very big. Um, But there are, like, a ton of trees in there. So I think she wanted to jump in there to rub on the trees. Oh. Because the tree she used to rub on that's on the fence line she can't rub on as well because there's hot wire (laughs) uh she can rub on like the branches that hang over but it's clearly not the same so i think she just jumped over to like check that out and so i go in there and the the gate to this area is like four feet wide and it doesn't (laughs) open very well but it doesn't really need to it's like just needs to open enough for a human not a freaking cow yeah (laughs) um so i have to like jerk it open really hard after we got like maybe like eight inches of snow that night and she's not listening to me she could give an f about my requests for her to come over and see me and uh, like the goats started coming out of the barn (laughs) because that small gate opens up to the main goat pasture eventually i like trick her into thinking i have treats so she comes through the small ass gate which was like a win But then she's, like, running around because she's excited to see the goats. And she's excited to be in a different pasture. And she's excited about the snow. And this bitch is running everywhere. And she's, like, running at me. Not aggressively. Oh, yeah. She didn't have her head down. She wasn't snorting. She wasn't doing any of that. She just was, like, so happy and and naughty. Um, So I, I was like, you know what, whatever. The goats can run into the barn. She can't get into the barn. It's fine. So I go and get treats and eventually, like, get her attention and, like, get her into the main pasture. But I had a, a meeting to get to, so I didn't, like, look at the old fence or anything that she just jumped over. Um, but I made sure she had, like, really great, more good hay in there so she wouldn't have an excuse. And I think after she had her adventure, she was ready to be done. Um And then I went back out there a few hours later and... That part of the fence, like, because originally it was just supposed to be goat fence, we didn't secure the top of the fence to the fence post very high. So there was like six inches that could, is flexible. So she jumped over it and her belly dragged. And that's why she could successfully jump over it. Oh. So, and it didn't really hurt her because she just bent the fence. It wasn't a big deal. So uh, that kind of encouraged me, like, as I was fixing it with zip ties, <laughs> uh, that, okay, if there's a, if there's hot wire or electric fence, like, she's she knows she can't jump and clear it then. So we were good. So while I'm kind of watching her the rest of the day while working, I started looking up cow psychology and fencing. And there's, like, a whole thing about it. So we thought it would be fun to cover that in today's topic. So you could all learn from my pain. And, like, maybe you're laughing at me because you're a seasoned cow owner and you're like, you idiot, you should have had a hot wire the whole time. <laughs> or maybe you're thinking about getting cows and my stories is deter- are, are, like, deterring you. <laughs> well, I don't think you're an idiot for not having a hot wire because I don't have a hot wire right. for my cow. Mm-hmm. But he respects the fence line and I honestly couldn't tell you why <laughs> <laughs> i think your pasture for him is way bigger than the one i have fancy in right now too so that might be part of it yeah that totally could be he's got plenty to do and mm-hmm. i don't know maybe he just i don't maybe he just likes his space i have maybe. no idea <laughs> 
Maybe. So the sources from today's episode are from grassfedsolutions.com and pasture.io. Um, there's a lot of the same information in both of them, but I wanted to at least cross-reference my one source that I was leaning on to make sure it wasn't like uh, hocus pocus. So uh, yes, if you enough. open both of those, you're like, these are basically the same. Then that just means it's probably most likely the truth. So you're welcome. Or at least those people <laughs> had the same experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the articles both cover some psychology behind electric fence and cattles and it also teaches the reader how to train your cattle to respect electric fences because that's super important too. Um, and then it also covers a little bit of how you should set up your fencing to work with cow psychology. So it touches on a little bit of everything. Nice. This is going to be fun. Yes. So all fencing can be divided into two types, physical barriers and psychological barriers. So physical barriers work to create physical obstructions to block cattle movement. Um, And this could be like using barbed wire, rail fences, board fences, or page wire fences. So for me, our physical barrier was the four foot high goat fence that has... uh, T posts every, I think, eight feet is what it is. Maybe a little less. Um, And that is a four by four welded wire. So I was like, this is great. Like, why would she bust through this? (laughs) Okay. Um, And these kinds of fences are typically more expensive, high maintenance, labor intensive, and sometimes do not last as long as other alternatives. Whereas psychological livestock fencing, like electric fences, work because cattle are easily trained to fear getting zapped by an angry little wire, which makes them voluntary, um, voluntarily resist pressuring the cattle fence. So this is basically just simple cow psychology rather than physical obstruction. Um, and that does the work of creating a barrier. And typically these fences are cheaper and likely less labor intensive, and it may even outlive a physical barrier by decades. So when you're switching to using electric fence for your cattle handling needs, you will need to unlearn many of your fence construction preconceptions. Physical barriers depend on the robustness of the cattle fence, who's obviously like the strength (laughs) must be directly proportionate by the physical pressure that your cattle are likely to put on it. But, (laughs) you know, like leaning, jumping over, pushing through. (laughs) They're so hard on fences. I seriously, I can't believe that Percy hasn't accidentally busted through our wood fence (laughs) because it's as old as the house, number one. And it's wood. So, like, you know how strong that is now at this point, right? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's just a good boy. Uh. With electric fencing, though, when you're training the cattle, you are basically manipulating cow psychology so that the physiological or the psychological fear of getting that zap turns into, um, you know, basically an insurmountable psychological barrier that is impenetrable like as a 10-foot concrete wall to their brains. So electric fences don't depend on how strong they are, but rather on whether you understand how to manipulate cow psychology to contain them. All right, so a little bit more on physical versus psychological cattle barriers. And there's this really good example of the story of the polar bear 
and the psychological fence. So in one of the articles, the author shares a story about a captured wild polar bear that spent its life in a cage. As the polar bear was nearing old age, his keepers decided to grant him some freedom. So the cage was removed, but the polar bear didn't leave the cage. Instead, he continued to faithfully pace the perimeter of his non-existent cage. So electric fences are like the polar bear's cage after the cage has been removed. They have that psychological barrier to respect that hot wire through psychological conditioning, not because they represent a physical barrier that can actually keep them in, because they can absolutely blow through that wire, no problem. Oh, yeah. This is just like our... we ha- So we have a dog perimeter, perimeter fence, mm-hmm. and it works the exact same way. The dogs can blow through the fence if they have enough speed, but because we have walked them slowly up to it and shown them what it does... When they get too close, they just decide not to even go near it. Not worth it's it. It's not worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the great things about setting up this psychological habit with your animals is when um, the power goes out or it goes down for some reason, because like I can't tell you how many times we've accidentally cut it doing projects, <laughs> the dogs still don't go through it. Right. Because they think it's still there. They won't know until they get close to it on accident. And then, like, maybe they could be like, oh, it didn't tone me like it normally does or whatever it is, you know, that your your reminder is of what it's capable mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. Ah, yes. I never thought of it quite like that, but it totally makes sense now. Yeah. So these psychological barriers are basically habits, just like you described with a dog. Like they're just in the habit of not going there because they receive some kind of negative stimuli that they don't want to encounter again. Um, But like we said, like the untrained cow, a single electric wire is basically as intimidating and effective as a wet spaghetti noodle to them. (laughs) Um, And some may be able to relate to this analogy, too, of that polar bear. Um, <laughs> because many may know from experiences with untrained cattle that uh, break through the fence versus like cattle that know how to respect it and they're kind of act like that polar bear. So yeah, so basically don't forget the trading part. Um, a little bit more about li- like physical livestock fencing, barbed wire, which is actually something that's really not recommended for use anymore, especially if you're going to put like an electrical current through it. Bad idea for the animal and you. But it has a shorter lifespan, doesn't offer flexibility if you need to move your pasture around. Whereas the electrical fence, again, psychological barrier, you in that cattle has a fear. So interior fences, so say you have like a, a pasture within a pasture, it can be as simple as a single wire or polytape hung loosely approximately like 32 to 36 inches from the ground on post space 60 to 100 feet apart. So that's a pretty loosey-goosey fence. <laughs> yeah, that is. I'm picturing that. And that does not sound... It doesn't sound very containing. <laughs> right. But if they're scared of that wire, they will respect it. And obviously then, if you're doing like a rotational pasture situation or like Sarah, the listener I got fancy from, they have this polytape type wire and they have step-in uh, fence post type things that they use to move them around for when they don't really want to cut the grass and they're just going to let the cattle eat it. And she'll respect that too. So what makes that psychological fear of the cattle getting zapped is what contains them with like a single wire. Ah, mm-hmm. got it. And just for some of you that might feel bad about <laughs> the cow getting zapped because I definitely felt kind of bad and had to remind myself that it's actually like completely harmless. 
It hurts for a brief moment, but neither you or the cattle will forget the experience anytime soon. Like, you're not going to want to do it again. Um, There's no actual damage from a single zap, just a lasting impression not to cross those angry wires again. Um, And obviously, if you have young children, you'll want to train them too, not by having them touch the fence, but to let them know that it's going to hurt if you touch it. And also, if you have some older seniors hanging around, they're not going to want to touch it either, especially if they have pacemakers. Like, that's a bad idea. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And just a quick sidebar, too. Um, When I was younger, I was out in the cow pasture with my cousins at my grandparents' farm, and it was, like, all mud and poop. And I got stuck, and I was stepping, and my sock came, or my foot came out of my boot. And I was losing my balance and I didn't want to fall into the cow shit. So I grabbed a hot wire <laughs> and it felt like a cow kicked me in the back. Oh my God, I bet. Yeah. So um, I know not to do that again now and it only took one time. <laughs> <laughs> we had guests here once and I have an electric fence around the garden. Um, mm-hmm. That's to keep like stray dogs and the deer and stuff out. And I forgot to tell them that it was electric. So I was in the garden with with their mom and we were talking. And then the one of the kids, he was like 10 or maybe 11. He just walked up to the fence and just grabbed it with both hands. Like just full, you know, like just grabbing and leaning. And the look on his face, I think because he had grabbed it in both spots, he like he couldn't let go of it. We had to run over there and like get him off of it because he just like he I think he got scared and his his like reaction was to just freeze. I felt so terrible. So actually I keep it off now because it really didn't do a lot anyways. But I was like, if there's kids over here, like I don't want anybody to accidentally get get zapped and like I mean, obviously, it's not gardening season right now anyway. So I was like, why even risk it? (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, So one last, like, pro of electric fences would be that it's far less maintenance than other types, um, which I already kind of mentioned. Your primary damage from for electric fencing like that is probably wildlife running through or into the cattle fence during the winter. Um, when wires are harder to spot or from trees falling on your fence. Um, but that can be a pretty easy fix compared to like a tree falling through like Bev's wood fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And now I got to knock on some wood. I, I don't want anything to happen to that wood fence. It's going to be a pain to fix. <laughs> yes. So building fences using cow psychology. Um it's not just enough to put up a electric fence and expect them to know how to use it or that you necessarily did it right. You kind of got to think like a cattle herd uh, or a herd of cattle, whatever way you want to say that. Electric livestock fence uses the cow psychology to function effectively. It's important to construct them according to how they think and how they perceive their visual environment. So you want to think traffic flow. So because cattle are herd animals, things like corners and alleys uh, that turn more than 90 degrees will cause cattle to stall simply because those at the rear will reverse direction to follow the movement of their leaders before they are too, before they too have cleared the corner. So it's like a little traffic jam if you don't have <laughs> it just right for them. 
And then, like, the cow doesn't want to touch the wire and doesn't really know what to do. And if you have quite a few, that's going to create a, a problem. Um, you also want to consider where you put your gates. Typically, the corners of an area are, the, are a better choice. If a gate is partway along a fence line, some cattle will in inevitably miss the gate as they try to follow the herd leaders before they, too, have rounded the gate. Oh, that makes total sense. I'm picturing that now. Because <laughs> like, yeah, when I first heard it, I was like, wait, what? But now I get it. Yes. Yeah, they haven't made it into the gate, but they see their leader g running along the fence line and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, shoot, that's where I'm supposed to be. And they'll be running along the fence line on the wrong side. They didn't make it through the gate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you want to place your gates in locations that make it easy to see if the gates are open or closed. Cows have monocular vision. And they will find single wire fences much harder to see. An open gate against the backdrop of another cattle fence may be impossible to distinguish from a closed gate. So think how a cow would see. All right. And these are pretty complex setups. I think most of the people that probably list to us don't have that many cows, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, alleys need to be wide enough to allow cattle to bunch up and therefore need to be sized to the size of your herd. Um, and that will manage your pasture rotation. So an electric fence puts a great deal of psychological pressure on your cattle if they get too close to the livestock fencing. So if your alleys are too narrow, the cattle will panic if any traffic congestion pushes cattle up against that electric fence. And they'll burst through them or they'll jump them rather than risk getting pressed against the, those angry little wires, as the author calls them. <laughs> so when your cattle don't respect your electric fence, it's not because your cattle are awful or mean or dumb, and it's not necessarily a reflection on your fence's effectiveness. It could simply just be the way that it was designed or constructed. There might be a small flaw that you could course correct. Um, and perhaps the livestock fencing layout just doesn't fit the psychology and traffic flow. Or maybe the cattle need to be trained to the electric fencing. So those are pretty easy fixes. Yeah, I mean, a cow's not going to see a hot wire and know what it does. Like, <laughs> right, right. They just, yeah, their brains just don't work that way. And that's even if they manage to see it. Because like you mentioned, their vision, we talked about it in, um, we'll link to it in the show notes. We did a, a fun facts about cows episode and we talked about their vision in it. And their vision is quite fascinating. Yes. So if you have to train your cattle, here's what you have to do. It's actually extremely easy because when I was like, shit, I have to retrain her. Like, what does that even mean? Because I, I reached out to Sarah after um, the really bad escape where she went like way down the road. And she's like, yep, she had electric fences. She knows what it is. And she did a good job minding them. So I was like, OK, well, I have to teach her now like that she has it here and she's got a stay contained. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if if you have cattle that were born onto a farm with electric fences, they're simply just going to grow up knowing how to respect it. And that was Fancy's case. Um, so hashtag blessed for that. So this wasn't new to her. She just needed to be reminded. Um, and uh, there's a few different ways that you can introduce livestock to electric fence. If you have a lot of cattle, 
Um, this is what the authors suggest. So you'll build a single wire cross fence partway through your corral or some other small secure pen. You'll leave a wide gap on one end of the training cross fence so the cattle can't roam freely between the two sides of the training fence. You'll put feed on one side and provide livestock drinking water on the other side so the cattle have to make the trip around the cross fence. With just a single wire in the middle of the pen, inevitably each of them will either nose up against the wire out of curiosity or just out of laziness as they attempt to take the shortcut between the feet and the water instead of going around. You can even do things like put peanut butter on it um, to attract, attract them to put their noses against it. You can use tape or like something shiny to get their attention so they investigate it. Um, and it usually only takes a day or two for them to figure it out. So it's actually pretty simple and something that just about I think anybody could figure out and do. So what I did was um, I used a bad habit. <laughs> That Fancy and I created <laughs> together. Um, so she's used to be being handed treats over the fence. And we would both, uh, I'd like lean on the fence and hold the like uh, container of alfalfa cubes. And she would get really bossy and put her head over the fence and reach um, for the treats. And I allowed it because I thought it was cute. Sometimes she'd do something cute like lick my face. It was a magical moment. But that's probably how she figured out she could bend the fence. So what I did to stop that bad behavior for both of us is I took an alfalfa cube and showed it to her like I normally would. And she approached the fence and touched her nose to the wire. Um, she got a little shock, but she tried to come back for it again and got shocked again. And then she wouldn't try it. Um, oh. Yes. So after her second, her epilogue escape, we'll call it. I did that on the interior side and then I went to the buck pasture that she jumped into that day and did the same exercise there. She only tried to get the treat once and then she wouldn't like come within a foot of that fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, but don't worry, she got snacks safely in her pen afterwards because she got an A plus for participating in her training. Um, and a couple like I haven't done it every morning, but I'd say probably every other morning. I've tried to do the trick treat thing over the fence again and she won't do it oh so she's realized like ah crap <laughs> i can't do that anymore um so yeah once you're uh you've trained your cattle to electric fence they're pretty good at spotting them um they'll even figure out how to graze directly underneath single wire fences to keep the grass from building up without ever touching the cattle fence um so i'm feeling like probably when it gets warmer I'll add a couple more lines to the pen just because I don't want her to figure out how to like crawl under it or something crazy like that I don't oh, think she yeah. would because of her horns and stuff but it doesn't hurt just to have like two or three more lines and one of them be a ground line too um so I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna do that just to discourage any behavior of her pushing against the fence because sometimes she likes to take her food bowl and push it against the fence and play with it. And then sometimes she also gets mad if the goats try to come get some of the hay that's on the uh, fence line 
and she'll like push her head through the fence to deter them. So I want to kind of knock that behavior out a little bit, but it's just so damn cold right now. And my main goal is just containment, (laughs) like no more escaping, please, for my own mental health. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Oh, the last thing that's really cool, too, is that uh, you can trick cattle with dummy fences once they've been trained with an electric wire. Um, you can do this with a simple piece of rope. So if you need to herd them or move them um, from pasture to pasture and you just have a long rope, this article is saying that you can use that to your advantage and they'll move. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or if you need them to like stay out of one part of the pasture, you can put something temporary up and they'll more than likely respect it so yeah oh good uh just to wrap it up too, fancy's behavior now um she seems pretty salty about the situation um (laughs) i mean i can't blame her (laughs) yeah i think she just wanted to rub on the trees in the buck pasture because there's so many because like after she was ignoring me she just like ran over and started rubbing on them um so i think because her tree that she usually rubs on is not as accessible because of the electric fence. She's a little grumpy about that. So she's rubbing on her shed more, which is just fine. But she also, like, I'm pretty sure on purpose hides behind her shed. Oh. Just to spite me. Because she knows I can't see her from the house. And I think she knows I'm watching her. Because, like, I sat at the dining room table Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We put up the fence Tuesday night. Just because, like, I feel like I have trust issues now. And I'm so traumatized, and I think she's also traumatized, uh, that we're working to build our trust with each yeah. other again. Because if she figures out how to get out again, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because her purpose is not hamburger. <laughs> but, like, we have pretty close neighbors. And, like, if I can't figure this out, and she's just, I don't know. Part of me thinks she needs a friend, too. So that's something that I do. I think I've decided I want to look into... Um, once it's a little warmer and we can get another shed up because she takes up her whole shed. We can't put another (laughs) cow in there. (laughs) Oh, you always have to make them big enough for 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 more than one. Yeah, Yeah, because you know you're always going to end up with more. I'm looking at my goat shed now and I'm like, I need another one. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, so now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So, I'm going to be a little cheater on my can't even this week. (laughs) I basically just can't even how much snow we got here. Like, I know, it's weird for your area. It is. It's really weird for my area. So, and, and it hasn't always been that way. Like, I talk to people in town all the time that, like, remember when um, we have a park in Chillicothe that has a really nice um, like pond and like water feature and I guess in the winter that used to freeze over solidly enough that there was ice skating there every winter and like that was just a thing that like they did there but obviously they haven't been able to do that in like well over a decade now Um, so like our area used to get colder and used to get more snow but it hasn't in a really long time and so I think what we're getting this winter is a little more like Uh, reminiscent of what used to happen in this area but like obviously hasn't since I've been here because this is only my fourth winter I think I can't even do math I feel like I've been here for forever now at this point so now (laughs) I just feel like I've always lived here (laughs) right but like our winters have always been like just kind of dummy winters like they're cold don't get me wrong and we do get some snow like we always have at least a snow a year Mm -hmm. but 
There has been snow on the ground since the end of January, which is a really long time. Yeah. Like, that's just a long time to, like, mess with snow when you're not used to it. Because we just, mm-hmm. we don't have the tools for it. We don't, we don't have anything to plow snow over. Um, gates freeze shut and there's just, like, nothing we can do about it until they unthaw. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you just pour hot water on them, they're just going to freeze again overnight. <laughs> so, like, there's no point. <laughs> right. And so it's just been – it's kind of weird. It's been a new learning curve. But now I think we're going to get a couple of winter tools. We're going to get ourselves some more winter, like, personal gear because mm-hmm. it makes all the difference. Like, if you can't stay warm and dry, then you're going to have a hard time staying out there and taking care of your animals in the way that they need it. Um, and they needed extra stuff. Like, I, I hiked a half a bale of hay down to Percy one morning <laughs> um, because I couldn't get the mule out of the garage because there was too much snow behind it. So, like, I couldn't get it out. It would it would make it too tall. It would scrape on the garage door. <laughs> so right. I had to wait until we could shovel that. So I had to walk it. And, oh, my gosh, I was just so tired. But I was like, <laughs> it's it's been negative temperatures. Percy yeah. didn't come up for breakfast. So that tells me that he just didn't have the energy to. So I was like, so I have to bring breakfast to him. So I just like slowly hiked down like carrying all this hay I was like I'm bringing Percy his breakfast I'm bringing Percy his breakfast but we're gonna get like better gear for stuff like that yeah. just like I wasn't prepared <laughs> right no it's like it's pretty normal for me like I'm just like eh, yeah. yeah you know so well, it's like no difference but yeah I I mean especially the people in like Texas and stuff oh. I can't even imagine right now oh my god they had it so much worse than we did because like at, like I said we never lost power mm-hmm. we only had one hose bib break so we always had access to some water right like, if we needed it and like yeah we were uncomfortable and it sucked but it was but we had a warm place to go into like once mm-hmm. we were done with it and like all of that makes all the difference psychologically so yes. yeah like while I think about how tough we had it what happened down south and to the west of us was so much worse than what we had and i i can't even imagine i'm sure it was awful Uh, yeah so what is your can't even this week so i thought this went really well with the topic and i saw this um i think i saw it last couple weeks ago now but um it's an article from the daily mail i feel like i pull stuff from here a lot because they just report on weird things um, but it, the <laughs> the title is utterly shocking moment clever cow unhooks an electric fence with her teeth and avoids getting zapped. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so um, the synops- synopsis of the article is that herdsman Wiley Wood filmed his cattle on the farm in Heartland, Vermont. One cow grabbed a rubber insulator sleeve, allowing it to open the electric fence. Wood claimed he had never seen a cow manage to bypass an electric fence. The rubber sleeve allows farmers to open the fence without suffering from a shock. So you guys can, like, click on the link in the show notes and watch the video. It's pretty hilarious. Um, And I feel like this cow and Fancy could be friends. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah. Uh, Send us your can't evens. You can do that by posting them in the Facebook group and hashtagging can't even or you can send them to us via facebook messenger instagram or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com and be sure and leave us a review over on apple Podcasts because we read one review a week um on the podcast and that person gets entered into a drawing for an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop 
And we don't have a February winner because we didn't have any new reviews to read in February. See, yeah, guys missed out. Oh, that's such a bummer because it's it's a new design for yeah. the mug, too. So if you haven't left a review, be sure and do it. I'm sure everybody was just busy. <laughs> yes. No, especially with how crazy the weather's been. We don't blame you guys. Not yeah, no, bit. it's totally fine. Um, And our January winner has not claimed her mug yet, and that was Ooh. Michigan Beer Girl. So please send us a message and yes. we'll get your address and send you your mug. So make sure you hit the subscribe button and download this episode when you listen. This helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories. If you tag us at Drink and Farm, we will send you a promo code that is good for our merch shop uh, that will give you a percentage off. Woohoo! And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing anonymously, all of our social media goodness, and our merch. So that's it, guys. That's it. We hope you enjoyed learning about some some cow psychology. <sighs> and hopefully, like, I don't have to share an escape story with you guys again anytime soon. Like, it's inevitable. Like, cows are going to get out. Animals are going to get out. Shit's going to happen. But I'm hoping it's, like, at least a few months. And it's, like, much warmer outside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you deserve a break between them. <laughs> God, I hope so. <sighs> So until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things. When you're working with animals, it's just a fact that you'll come across some funky smells. That's why we love First Saturday Lime, our favorite product to keep the stink and bugs under control. First Saturday Lime is safer and stronger than diatomaceous earth. It's 100% non-toxic, non-flammable, and has zero health hazards. It's safe because it's insoluble and will not react with skin or moisture. First Saturday Lime has taken extra lengthy steps to make their formula fine so it's easier to use and more effective. With over 50 years in the agriculture business, they are confident and competent in the best practices necessary to offer a natural pest repellent like this one. So stock up on First Saturday Lime by going to firstsaturdaylime.com and grabbing yours today.